project resume can make your medical coding dreams come true. From resumes to interview skills to navigating a successful career, Project Resume has the advice you need from coders you can trust. See all that we have to offer at projectresume.net. Please make sure to reference Medical Coding Geek when you place your order. The Haugen Consulting Group offers healthcare consulting, education, and auditing services utilizing a team of industry experts specializing in leadership, project management, and assessments for HIM and patient access. Their auditors and educators are experts in facility and professional fee coding and offer education for ICD-10-CM, PCS, CPT, HIM, patient access, and revenue cycle. The Haugen Consulting Group is thrilled to be a partner with MedicalCodingGeek.com and the Not Also Classified podcast. Go to thehaugengroup.com slash shop and use promo code GEEK15 at checkout to receive a discount on webinars and desk aids. Again, go to thehaugengroup, H-A-U-G-E-N group.com slash shop and use our promo code GEEK, G-E-E-K-1-5 at checkout. Looking for a convenient, cost-effective solution for interventional radiology coding training? Check out Cracking the IR Code, Mastering Interventional Radiology and Cardiology Coding Online Education, created by interventional radiology coding expert Stacy Buck of RadRx. This comprehensive online training offers access to content for one year, Q&A support available during your one-year enrollment period, hundreds of coding scenarios, and actual operative reports. What are you waiting for? It's time to earn that specialty credential. Go to RadRx for additional testimonials and information and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. Again, go to RadRx and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. You are listening. You are listening. You're listening to Do Not to Not Elsewhere. Not Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Elsewhere Classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Elsewhere Classified podcast. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, welcome. Over 70% of our listeners has an iPhone. So please pick up your device and go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. You can find Medical Coding Geek and Not Elsewhere Classified on Facebook and Instagram. You could check out our Facebook groups, including Medical Coding Geeks, the RHIA and RHIT exam support group, the CDI network, the Not Also Classified Facebook group, and we also have a marketplace for medical coding, HIM, and CDI resources. And of course, you could find me, Brian Kui, last name is spelled C-U-I, on LinkedIn. So today we continue our conversation with Dresa Hopkins and Jeffrey. Please make sure to go back and listen to part one before listening to this episode. In this part of the episode, Jeffrey goes into how he made the decision to go to medical billing and coding. We talk about how he prepared himself for the certification exam, the CBCS. And then we go into how he interviewed for his first position and landed that job. So without further ado, here is my continued conversation with Drisa and Jeffrey. Enjoy. You know, really getting us like hands-on with it. Uh, I remember in the third year, uh, she brought a uh, a dipstick to like for the urine test. <laughs> I remember doing that. <laughs> it was fun. And uh, a thing for the finger, the heart monitor, heart rate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it was interesting. I really did enjoy doing all that. Now, what about the? Um, go ahead. Now, you were able to say something, Drisa. Um, what I was saying was that third year class is what we call health science theory. And by that time, the kids are ready to start putting their hands on things. They're ready to start getting more hands on experience. And that's, and I'm, I'm glad Jeffrey did bring that up because I did do that, teach them how to do urine dips. I taught them how to do vital signs. And by the time Jeffrey was in his third year, their final exam was to do a full triage. Mm -hmm. Greet the patient, good morning, come on back. 
Um, my name is Jeffrey. I'm going to be your medical assistant today. Let me have you step on the scale. Remember that, Jeffrey? Um, <laughs> yeah. For their final exam, they had to do a full triage, take blood pressure, vitals, call the patient back, document the chart. That was their final exam. So that third year is where they're doing hands-on, and they can decide, ooh, I don't want to touch people. Jeffrey will tell you, I said, I don't touch people. I don't touch patients. You know, and, and that's where they could make that decision. Well, Ms. Hopkins and I don't know. Like I said, Jeffrey will tell you at what point he said, I think I want to do billing and coding. And I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> so the hands-on part, I think it's very important for you because you have to see it. Like you have to visually see it when you're looking in the medical record because that's all you're going to be doing is looking at those medical records. And it's going to, I want to tell you the truth, it's going to get boring. But the only way that you make it interesting is is for me, when I'm reading, I visualize. I have to see it. Like, I have to see it done in my head. So when you're looking at operative reports, when you're looking at uh, the, whatever, history and physical, consult, progress note, they're going to lay down a narrative that you have to figure out what the heck happened. And so it's not just about reading it. For me, I have to see it. Like, I have to visualize it. Okay, this patient came in. This patient had this. This patient then got treated for that. Um, and then you, for me, it's always been a timeline. I always have to have a timeline going in. And then from there I could figure out, you know, the coding part. So I'm glad that you guys did the, the, the urine, the urine's a big thing because, uh, when you talk about urinary tract infections, uh, you're talking about heart monitors. You're talking about when you, when I hear that I'm hearing atrial fibrillation, atrial flutter, uh, bradycardia, um, pacemaker, uh, congestive heart failure. So those things that you talk about, I, I'm already thinking like other stuff. So UTI, sepsis, hypotension, septic shock, like all of those things can stem just from the urine urinalysis, right? So there's a lot of stuff that you'll see like when you'll gain exposure. Let's get into the certification part. So even preparation for the certification. I'm going to go to Jeffrey. Uh, how did you... Going into the, I'm sorry, I'm sure that from the third to the fourth year, that's when you start to prepare for the certification. Am I right, Drisa? Or how does that work? Ideally, it would be, but for Jeffrey, it was a little different. And I'll let him tell that part because Jeffrey got into the patient care tech uh, part. Mm-hmm. And so I'll let him because at some point he said, no, I want to do billing and coding. So, yeah, he, he'll tell that part. All right. So let's go into the let's let's have you talk about the, the transition from the third year to the fourth year. What what exactly happened? Yeah. So pretty much like during that first uh, or last year, I mean, I, I didn't really like connect with it. I didn't really want to be around the patients like around them, sort of touching them, all that. So then I wanted to know if I could switch over to the billing side of it. So then once I did switch over, I found this more interesting than the PCT. Like, I want to pick your brain. Like, what what really, I know it's not the touching part, but like, what exactly turned turned you off from the PCT? to the medical building like exactly like like you you like there was always an aha moment like uh, uh, no 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 like there's there has to be a certain certain aspect of it was it like you know the thought what was your what was the thought process that you didn't want to do as a pct like okay then that that i just don't want to do for the rest of my life then switch over as a medical biller like what aspect of the of it that you like really want that you're not interested in it was a lot of uh, memorizing, really, like a lot of um, diseases to remember, a lot of, um, what's it called, um, things, really, in general. In terms of taking care of a patient, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Are you talking about also the protocols, like the, the protocols that take care of the patient versus... Yeah. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I gotcha. Because like when, you, when you're taking care of a patient, there's certain steps that you have to do but you know the thing is that and i i understand the um i understand the not touching patient part and uh but you know when you trans like to me it's it's like it's like choose your poison you know <laughs> which way do you want to go because sometimes the one side is not as green as the other uh because because when yeah. you like some people who like you know don't want to take care of patients but then they go into the medical billing site i mean i'm just telling you the truth sometimes they just don't like it you know because 
it's also tough on the other side. When you think about the guidelines, the regulations, yeah. the fact that you have to cross your I's, cross your T's, dot your I's, make sure everything on the building form is set. There's a very tedious process. Uh, so from that point, you made the decision as a med- to be a medical billing and coding. So again, let's continue on with that third or fourth year. What happened there? So once I made the transition over to billing, I... Uh found it more interesting like I said and I wanted to do that instead like once I found it I was like oh wow this is so much easier mm-hmm. so then uh, once I started like studying for it I found it more and more and more interesting over the time that I was studying it okay so you say more easy what, what do you mean by more easy I think I think what you're trying to say is it is it easier to understand and comprehend and and relate yeah. with is that what you're trying to say because because when you tell me easy I'm, I'm sure it's not easy but I get what you're saying like it's not it's easier for you to appreciate easier for you yeah. to take the information and it clicks right because because mm-hmm. both both uh, both I'm not trying to shame the uh, the patient care uh, technician aspect. You know, it's it's a different lane. You know, it's one lane. There's another lane, yeah. and I think you appreciate the other lane because it's more for you, and that's your career path. Uh, so, you what what certain what certain aspects did you liked? Like when you when you started to get into the the program, what were some of the things that you really liked that you learned from Drisa? Mainly, uh, not touching patients. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I like technology, so being on a computer was a plus for me. You know, I like technology a lot. Uh, mainly the not touching or being around patients, really. Right. Yeah. I, I get the technology part because when I when I was in college, I mean, I was tossed between nursing or lab tech. And, you know, what drew me into the HIM part was the technology aspect. I figured, you know, you know, if I'm going to get into this field... I realized there was a transition from, you know, the paper to the electronic, the use of electronic health records and stuff like that. Yeah. And I figured, you know, I if, I can, if I'm going to get in, maybe I might get into that because a lot of my uh, college friends back then were into this program called Management Information Systems. And I'm like, oh, everybody's yeah. MIS, everybody's MIS. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to get into, so if that's the MIS, MIS, the MIS part, I'm going to him, H-I-M, the, the, the male counterpart uh, of, the, of, of the field. Uh, so I thought that was very interesting. Um, so as you progressed into the fourth year, you started to get into your certification. What was that process like for you? I would take the practice test over and over just to get it down, like memorize it. So I could actually, when I took the test, that's why I could know what I'm doing, you know, like some of the, uh, like what goes on the CMS 1500 block 23D, something like that. Mm -hmm. So that's how, is that how you prepare for the exam? You took the exam questions and what did you exactly do? Were you memorizing the, were you just kind of like getting familiar of how the, uh, how the questions were going to be asked or what was your, how did you prepare? I think that's a lot of people would want yeah. to be interested in. I did the practice test, and uh, Ms. Hopkins gave me that uh, medical book, mm-hmm. too, so I could practice and study and write down some of the answers for some of the things. Like, uh, on one of the chapters of it, I had to memorize, like, a CMS 1500 block. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that was pretty hard to do, but I got it down. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then I started trying to get more and more easier the more I studied it. So, yeah, that was pretty much it. Okay. So this is this this test, and Andresa, this test is specifically just on the billing part, right? Just understanding the billing workflow uh, of the medical billing side. How does, what what part of the, you know, I know this is the CBCS, so, uh, like, how much of the test is, like, coding? How much of the test is, like, billing? It's exposure to both because they have to know what ICD-10 codes are. They have to know what CPT codes are because that's what's on the super bill. So, of course, the super bill is the billing part. But once again, they have to know ICD-10 codes. They have to know CPT codes. And just like Jeffrey said, the CMS. It's heavy on the billing side. And it taps into the coding side because they have to know the coding too. So, again, this test doesn't require the manuals. So, that 
that sets it worlds apart from the CPC, worlds apart. And so it's heavy on uh, billing, but it's introduction to coding. So if Jeffrey said, oh, I don't know anything about coding, not true, because he has to know what goes on that CMS 1500. Um, and he can talk a little bit, and Jeffrey, I'm curious to hear too, we'll talk about it, um, what he's doing as far as his work. And then he got a chance to shadow me and watch me actually work. And um, I'm a spoiled biller and coder. I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm spoiled. And I'll talk about that because of our system. Um, but I handle everything as far as the coding, the billing, posting payments, accounts receivables. I do all of it. I work for one physician, so that's a little different. One physician, family medicine, 21 years I've been with him, 21 years, and he's been in practice 21 years. So we've been doing something right. So, yeah, but it's, it's very minimal. Uh, it's coding on there. But it's not, they don't even have to use a manual. So that lets you know it's not heavy on the coding. It's more so, you're right, the insurance, the billing, the whole flow of the money. The, the revenue cycle management part, right? So the back end after it's billed, then from there. I think that's very important because uh, I do a lot of speaking sessions about how that's important. If, if it's not billed properly or even the denials part, right? That's that it brings it back even further. There's always a cycle cycle to it. Uh, so you mentioned, and I think you wanted to ask him a question about the, the shadowing part. So when did that exactly happen? Did that happen before the test, before preparing the exam or did this happen afterwards? That happened during the time Jeffrey was studying, which worked out great. It was yeah. during that time. Like if, it, if he was on the chapter that was accounts receivables, when he came in the shadow with me, we worked accounts receivables. I was showing him how to go to the insurance, uh, the web, not the website, because I use a, my ECW for not provides all of it. I was teaching him how to go to the insurance company, check status on the claims. I even put him on a couple of phone calls, and what he, he know, and Jeffrey will tell you about that. I put him on a couple of phone calls to check status on claims, and as you know, I know it's, we we don't get to a lot of insurance companies, but the few that we did call on, we actually got to a representative. So he was able to actually hear my lingo in the office. Mm, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate. I have a wonderful office. The setup is great. I'm in one area. Jeffrey's desk was right behind me. So I could hear him on the phone and I could tell him, no, you need to ask this. They're going to ask for the tax ID, the MPI, the date of service, the ID number, all the stuff that had to be asked. He had his whole set up so he could do it, you know, himself. So I did, um, he shadowed with me for a month, four hours a day for about a month. And that way, not only are you learning book, you're actually learning it. Mm -hmm. And I think that helped as well. So, so let me turn that question to you then. How did that, that shadowing process, Jeffrey, help you, uh, prepare for that exam? Or at least again, you have to, when you, when you're studying for the exam, you have to see it. Like when I when I talk about how I took my CDIP, uh, clinical documentation improvement practitioner uh, uh, exam, uh, I had about nine years of experience t going into taking that exam. And so uh, before I I took the test, for some reason I got nervous. I'm like, why am I nervous? Because I've had nine years of this. I see when I look at the question, I know what it looks like. I know how it flows. I know what is it that I exactly I need to do. So uh, how did that shadowing process with uh, your professor uh, help you prepare for that exam? Yeah, and I'm very grateful for that, Chef. And you don't get that. By the way, you don't get that. You don't get that uh, as often as, as it should. So, uh, you know, you hear people doing like online ex externships. I mean, I mean, it, there's, there's a certain there's a certain. Um, there's a certain benefit to that. I'm not trying to downplay it that, but there's 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 nothing that replaces good old side by side mentoring and ex, you know trying to learn from that person who's right there in front of you. You you can get that energy right right away. Let me yeah. not to interrupt Jeffrey Bryan, but let me tell you, I think that's a big uh, one of the biggest problems is trying to find uh, locations. That will allow the students just to just to hear and see. I love being a mentor, and I am 
I was fortunate enough, my physician allowed that. And Jeffrey will tell you, if I bring you to my office, I'm serious. And you have to be serious as well, because that is my that's my way of life. That's how I pay my bills. <laughs> I still pay my bills that way. So anytime I bring you into my and Jeffrey will tell you, I have a whole office set up like I still work there. That's just because of the relationship that I built with that doctor, the trust that I built with him. Um, but I really wish that more offices, office managers, billing managers, coding managers would just allow students to shadow. I know it, I, I've heard horror stories because I taught college as well. And I hear the horror stories from adults. And that's why I say attitude has to be right. Mm -hmm. I hear I've had horror stories about adults, but I really wish that more billing managers Teachers like myself, you know, I really like when they open up, open it up and say, hey, come on in and just shadow with me two hours, shadow with me three hours. If they hear that, see what you're doing, that's what's going to make them even more interested in what we do. Great. And so the, I'm sure that process helped you out a lot. Uh, like what were so so, Jeffrey, what were some parts of the externship that that uh that helped you out prepare for the exam at least like what certain aspect of what you did in the in the shadowing part yeah uh having to call insurance companies you know at first i was very nervous uh, having <laughs> i can <to> call. imagine <laughs> yeah um looking at some of the things that she would do like submitting claims uh having a uh what's it called submit uh the remittance advices uploading i mean uh, having to fax things over to the insurance companies. Um, yeah, all of that really helped me out, and I'm grateful for it. I, I bet. I bet when you when you answer some of the questions, you were visualizing, you know, that process of the shadowing. And that's, that's, what yeah. I, that's my point, is that, you know, you look at the exam or you look at the exam question, and you're like, I did that. Of course I did. That. I know exactly what the answer is. So let's get into the exam part, right? So you prepare for the yeah. exam. You look at the study questions, you apply the study questions, the shadowing helped out uh, tremendously. Kind of walk us through when you actually had to take that a test. How, how was that for you? At, at, at what, at the age of set, at the age of 18? I mean, yeah. people freak out <laughs> as an adult. I've seen people freak out in my Facebook group. But then as an 18-year-old taking a certification exam, what, did, what was that like for you? No, I was very confident going into the test, you know, having the, all that time studying, all the mentorship mm -hmm. from Ms. Hopkins. You know, I was very confident. Nice. I like that. I like that because a lot of people who, who take tests and, and, and the, the, you know, it, it, they, they're very nervous. They're, or they have te test anxiety. I think why is because uh, the process of learning could be how can I say it when you're when you're learning the process or you're preparing for the exam if you come in preparing for the exam anxious you're gonna test you're gonna test anxious right and so uh, so I like to I like to hear that you know the shadowing part the, the practice part and the fact that you're confident I mean hello uh, going in there if you're confident in this exam I'm sure you're gonna be confident in other exams kind of walk me through that process you took the so I, from what I understand in in because um, I only know Ahima exams. So I know you go to a, a, a like a site, and then you take the exam, and then you get your results right away. Is that the is that the same thing for here, or what's the process when you had to take the exam to get your results? Yeah, I had to take it through like a, a computer with mm -hmm. the camera so that they me the whole time. Mm -hmm. I had to scan the whole room, make sure that I wasn't cheating at all. This was because of COVID, um, right? Is that why? Because yeah, I know yeah. AAPC, they have like the proctored exams, so they have to do it that way? Okay. I had to wait a day or two to get the results. So then they came in through the email. First, Ms. Hopkins told me because I wasn't sure about the So then when she called me on the phone and she told me, I was very excited to hear the news. Let's take a moment for a quick break.
I listened to a lot of podcasts, and one product that I was curious to try out was Magic Spoon cereal. Magic Spoon is the high-protein, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, wheat-free, naturally flavored, totally delicious, childlike cereal for grown-ups. Now you're probably thinking that it tastes like cardboard. I did my research on similar cereals and decided to give this brand a try. I subscribed to the variety pack that includes frosted, fruity, blueberry, and chocolate. And really, to my surprise, they really tasted great considering that it was supposed to be a healthy cereal. So far, my favorite is the fruity flavor. They also have nutty and cinnamon flavors too. I've already tried the variety pack for a couple months now and swapped out my subscription to try out their cinnamon flavor. Magic Spoon has zero sugar, three grams net carbs, and 11 grams of protein per serving. They have a 100% happiness guarantee. If you are not completely in love with their cereal, they'll give you a full refund. So go to magicspoon.com and use our coupon code GEEK at checkout. Again, go to magicspoon.com and use our coupon code GEEK, G-E-E-K, at checkout. And now back to our show. Oh, she couldn't wait, huh? She couldn't let you. She, you, you didn't let him. You didn't let him savor that moment first. Come on. <laughs> I, I, tears rolled down my eyes. I was so happy because that was my goal. Mm. If I got one kid Just certified, one. I was gonna. That, I, and Jeffrey, Jeffrey did it. He set the bar, mm. and I tell him that he set the bar. And so now I can use Jeffrey to be my guest speaker. There you go. To bring him back to talk to his, you know, uh, to his to the current students, so they can see that he beat, and he he knows why I say this. Jeffrey beat the odds. Smart guy. Jeffrey's a smarty smart guy, mm-hmm. and I noted I realized that after he and I start working side by side, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, Again, it was, uh, I, and I don't say this in a way that I'm being boastful of, right? It's an honor. If I bring you into my office space, that's an honor. And I have to see that what you want to do is in here, mm. in here, in your heart. And so I, I, when, when Je- let me tell you, Jeffrey did, he studied. And that's what makes the difference. This might be an easy exam, but even when I teach adults about this, because I'm also a CPC uh, instructor, I do CPCI. I tell them, for six weeks of your life, you have got to be serious and you have to stand these books. I I say it just like that. Even when I study for my CPC exam, six weeks, and my husband will tell you, I didn't know anybody else but see books, CPT, ICD-10, CP, that was all I did. He expects for six weeks of serious, intense studying because my exam was so hard. So um, that's what I, I will give Jeffrey. He studied, and he studied over and over and over again, and that's why he was able to go into that exam with that confidence. And he even told me, he texted me, Miss Hopkins, I think I'm gonna do, do I'm gonna do good on this test. I was like, yes, that was the right attitude. I was like, yes, and uh, he did it. That is great. Yeah. That's great. Uh, so congratulations to that. I, you know, I was like, can I just congratulate this kid? Gosh, so I'm like, uh, so from and first of all, congratulations. Uh, that's a great achievement at your age. I, I, I can't stop yeah. saying that enough because I, again, I have I have kids around you know that that age and you know to have to be certified and then let's get into the job part uh so the july 3rd my first high school student is certified and she put it in like all caps (laughs) certified and she put your picture she put the book she put everything certified well first of all why didn't you let him why didn't you let him get the results first? Did it, did it, does it, is that how it works? Does it send the email out to multiple people or, or what? How did that happen? Um, just like with AAPC, it uh, is published to the website. Uh, okay. um, but as the instructor, and this happens with AAPC too, the instructors get it first. <laughs> so why, why couldn't yeah. you, why couldn't you wait for him 
Well, why couldn't you wait the call for the call from him to you versus you to him? I couldn't. <laughs> Jeffrey knows I couldn't hold that. He knows I could not hold that. I jumping up and down, sharing it with my husband, because that was my goal and to to help. If I got one kid certified, mm. I was gonna be happy. And that was when I came to Sharpstown. Mm. I was like, if I can get one kid, one kid certified. I'll be happy, and I did. I did, and and I and I guess I'm speaking for Jeffrey when I say this. Jeffrey was excited, so that's what just that's what made it even better. I was like, oh my God, he's excited. He's excited about his choice. He's excited about his certification. And now he's excited about his job. Good, good, good. So let's let's get into let's get into Jeffrey. So Jeffrey, I usually ask a couple of questions when when you when people get certified. So number one, how did you feel? Yeah. Very excited when I got the news. Yeah. It's like what were you? So the the question that I usually ask is, what were you doing when you found out? I was just sitting down, going through my phone, and then I just get a call from Ms. Hopkins, and then I answer, and she's like, "Guess what? <laughs> you passed." <laughs> I was very excited. Were you in your house? Were you out somewhere? Where were you? Yeah, in my room. Okay, in your room. And then my my popular question is, what did you do to celebrate? I know it's it's 2020, COVID, whatever, but what did you do to celebrate? Really? Just nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's so if you didn't do nothing, I know you had to celebrate with some kind of food, right? Because I remember yeah. every food that I ate, I know it was... Every time I speak, I always know what I'm going to eat next because it takes a lot of energy to do a like a national conference, right? So I know from yeah. one national conference, I think for ACDIS, I had Korean barbecue. All you can eat. <laughs> I remember that it was so nerve-wracking. It was my first national speaking gig. I had Korean barbecue. What did, did you do any special to celebrate? Like what did you eat or anything? Or are you just like, eh? I'm 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 good, uh, you know, and then just went to sleep or something. What'd you do? Yeah. Or what'd uh, you eat? My mom made uh, carne asada. Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, she made that. Some um, mashed potatoes. Uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, I forgot. But yeah, it was carne asada, pretty much. Carne, carne asada and smashed potatoes. I'm sure. So that's some of the stuff that you're going to remember. Like when you move into the field, like every every little celebration you have, I remember like yeah. what I'm going to eat because cause that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's how I am. I remember the last one was, was Korean barbecue. Another one, uh, I know I had to go like everything's all you can eat because cause of, cause all the preparation, like even an exam or even in a speaking engagement is just, is just so much. The next thing, of course, is... What's remarkable is your age, getting get, passing through a program, very rigorous program, uh, getting certified at the age of 18. But what's most remarkable is getting a job. So what, what was that like? Uh, did, did, uh, was this done on your own or uh, did uh, your professor help you out here? What was the process? Uh, how, how did you land that first job or how did you get exposure? Well, well let me take a step back here. Uh, what did you do once you got that certification to get the first job? Let's start with that. I started going through some websites trying to see uh, what who could hire me, but a lot of them required like two or three years of experience at least. Mm -hmm. So then I just kept going through and through. Them. So yeah. then Ms. Hopkins, uh, she started handing out my resume to some of the other um, doctors that were in that building, as the same one that she works with, or and that I work in. And then she got to the uh, gastroenterologist, uh, Dr. Kong. So then he got interested in my resume, mainly because I speak Spanish and because I was certified. So then I went in for that interview. And then I, I pressed. Uh, they, uh, they liked me uh, from my attitude. Uh, Personality, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, personality. It was great. Well, let me let me ask you what kind of questions did they ask you? Because seeing because like okay, so look, like if you gave me your resume, right? If you gave me your resume, yeah. and I'm looking through, <laughs> this is the reason why I'm kind of baffled, right? Because uh, there's because there, there there has to be something beyond the resume that they like about you, right? 
And so when like yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make an assumption about your resume. I'm gonna look at it. Okay, high school graduate, 18 years old. Did you have any prior work experience? No, I haven't. Zero. Well, off the books, yeah. Okay. Well, healthcare, healthcare. You had none, right? Yeah. Okay. So not. zero healthcare experience, certified, high school graduate, 18 years old. Why, why am I going to hire you? Like that's that's the first question I'm going to ask you, right? So like, what what did they? How was that interview process like for you? What kind of questions did they ask in your certain situation? And uh, like, or and then the next question is, what did you do to, I guess, impress them to the point that they hired you? Yeah. They were asking me a lot of questions of under the the medical billing. They were asking me like CMS fifteen hundred uh, questions. They were asking me what I knew, what kind of um, uh, software I was familiar with, which was ECW. Mm-hmm. But they used Athena. But I'm a fast learner, so mm-hmm. it was nice. Uh, they were telling me if I could. Uh, what's it called? The uh, ten keys I touch, which I got down. Thank you, Miss Hopkins. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a lot of things. What were some of the questions like, uh, not skill based, not skill based that they asked you? Like, because 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 I've I've always talked about this before in in other in other podcast episodes. There's usually questions that 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 ask how you fit in the organization or how you fit yeah. within the culture of the team. So uh, were you ever asked questions like that? And how did you respond? Yeah, I was asked uh, if I could be part of the team and work with the team, not be shy or nervous or anything like that. So then I responded with, yes, I can work great with the team. You know, I'm uh, I'm not really the leader type, but, you know, I could follow orders. But I wouldn't mind being a leader too, like okay. manager. Somewhat. Okay, I mean, even at an eighteen-year-old, at an eighteen-year-old, like I, I would accept that answer because, you know, I, I, at least for me, is you know, if I was the one taking it, I'm like, I get it. Like this guy's eighteen, you know, and uh, yeah, and you know, the the responses that you get, it's really great. So I, I'm glad that because uh, because like, didn't it feel like I'm gonna ask this? Let me ask this. Did it feel like another exam, but on a verbal side, the, yeah, inter- the interview. Pretty much, I was a bit nervous answering that, honestly. So, were you were you nervous in in the interview, or were you the same? Yeah, did you have the same bit. mindset in the exam? I was a bit nervous because I wasn't sure if they were gonna like me or not. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was not the like. Great. Yeah, I um and and Jeffrey, Jeffrey and I got the opportunity to practice. Um, uh, first of all, he is right. We we were looking at other places. I told Jeffrey, get on job websites, get on Indeed.com, and just look. Look for something that you can get your foot in the door. We did that. And one, uh, I took his, that was one of the first things. Jeffrey never had a resume. I got Jeffrey resume, his resume set up, and everything that he learned uh, in his class I listed it on the uh, resume. All the stuff that he and I did when we, ex, you know, when we he worked with me, I listed all of that on his resume because I didn't want it to be um, like he. I listed it, but he had never done it. That ten key touch. I'm a biller, so I know what I'll ask a biller. I know what I would ask a, a person that I'm interviewing for a job. So that's what Jeffrey and I practice on. His um, what questions that would probably be asked. But I told him, I said, everything that you've done is going to be listed on your resume, even his software experience. He uh, worked ECW. And I told him, I said, Jeffrey, make sure you ask them. I, I even gave Jeffrey the questions to ask them, mm, you know, um, to ask yeah. them about their software. Let them know that you know what a gastroenterologist treats. You know that because you've learned it. So just kind of, I told him even go look up Dr. Cal. Go look up Dr. Cal and learn a little bit about your doctor that you might work for. And he did all of that. And so when he, you know, of course, I, you know, you know how you are when you have a, a mentee. And he got a call. I passed out his resume that Friday. And I think Jeffrey got a call that Monday. So it was a big one of the big things that she did uh, say on his resume um, that she reached out to him was that he was bilingual. 
that was that worked in his favor. So I was so excited about that. You guys are in Texas, right? Yes. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my lady. So Jeffrey, Same thing I told him, I say, honey, you you got you a step above your teacher because I don't know Spanish. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the that was I think I know that was one of the things that one of the reasons why they pulled his resume because he was bilingual. Yeah. And so yeah, it just it all worked out. I wish I could say I had a connection. I didn't have a connection. I didn't know that office. I've been in that building twenty five years, but I don't. I didn't know that office, so that's why I was really kind of, you know, like, well, please. And they gave him a chance, and that's all sometimes. That's all somebody needs is just a chance. Mm-hmm. I agree. Just a chance. So I, totally I know agree. billing managers go, huh, CBCS, oh, he's so young. I know they do that, but if you just give, give him a chance, you'd be surprised. That's what happened with me. Yep. They gave me the chance, and I took that chance, and here I am 25 years later still in the industry, yep. still strong, and I'm grateful. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so, Jeffrey, how, how does it uh, feel now? You're working, got certified. How does it feel now? What, what, what are some of the things that you're uh, dealing with in your job that uh, I don't know if you've probably explained or you know, kind of updated your updated Risa about <laughs> it's great uh, being served food by the reps about every week is great <laughs> hey, let me let me tell you this let me tell you this let me tell you this as a guy as a guy you appreciate that you totally <laughs> appreciate that um, and as a guy let me tell you here's the thing here's the thing okay let's get into the guy part right so you I know Drisa you said you mentioned me and number one, I was very flattered when you told me that, right? Yeah. You you know, like uh, 10% of the industry are guys. So it's very hard yeah. to hear medical coders, medical billers, guys, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, when I heard that a guy got into the field, I'm like, oh, he's he's in for a good, uh, he's, he's in good. Because here's the thing, here's the thing, right? So about 90% is women, right? But when you work with them, they love you. They love guys, because it's it's like it's like a it's like you're you're a rare unicorn in the mists, you know. And the thing is that when you're when you work with them, they love to feed you. They love to feed you a lot. Like so, when you say the reps, I mean I I eat from the reps. I eat from my med- from my fellow coworkers. Um, another mentor that I wanted to get on this podcast, the one that taught me inpatient coding, she would feed me pound cake. This pound cake had, and I asked for the recipe. She would tell me so so many sticks of butter, so many cups of sugar. But my gosh, the pound cake was so delicious. So yeah, keep on. You love the food. What else? What else do you like about the um, the the job? Mainly, uh, you know, the easy work. You know, I do. Uh, I be sometimes faxing documents, sending them over, calling patients in, or not patients uh, in. Like calling insurances, sometimes patients. Yesterday, no, on Tuesday, I called this patient. You know, for a, he had a small balance, mm-hmm. and then he only spoke Spanish. Oh, okay. So then I'm speaking to him, and then he starts going off on me. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I, well, oh my god! I, I, I know what 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 you're talking about because a lot of times that you speak to patients, you'll get their story. Like even though yeah. you're there for a specific task. <laughs> They're gonna tell you everything that happened, uh, everything, the whole story, right? And then, as a, as as somebody in the industry of of in customer service, you have to listen to it, and you have to listen yeah. to the whole story. So that way, you know, they on the other side they appreciate it because I hear it a lot, especially on release of information side. But I'm sure mm-hmm. I hear it a lot on the billing side, the accounts receivable side. Yeah. Uh, so let's wrap up this. Qu- any any other questions that you want me to ask, uh, Drisa? Or you, anything you want to talk about before we wrap up? Because, look, we're about an hour and a half. <laughs> I know. I can talk about this all day. But, no, just um, – and, and this goes back to the Facebook post, Brian, and probably what got your attention. Mm. I understand that um, the CBCS is not a strong credential, but it's a credential. And I feel like when people earn a credential, that is an accomplishment, um, the key to this one, and, and I say this all the time, is that 
attitude is everything. And so I have a CBCS credential and it has worked well for me. You know, I have friends who manage departments with that credential. So I, I welcome it all. And I see Jeffrey going far in his career. And that's why I say, if you can just get your foot in, if somebody will give the opportunity to the person, you know, just get your foot in and you, you'll grow from there. So that's my only, that was, that's what got your attention on that post. Cause I got so much back. I was like, wait, 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 stop. You know, it just bothered me because we're coders. We're a family. We are a unit. Mm. And, and all you want to do is encourage, not discourage. There you go. There's so many different villain schools out here. There's mm-hmm. so many different, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot out here. But I just, I welcome anybody that really wants to try to do this. And that's why with Jeffrey, I, Jeffrey will tell you, I took him under my wing and I'm not going to let him go because he wanted to do this. I mean, he wasn't forced. He wanted to do good. this. So. Good, good, good. Yeah. Um, let's get into the last two questions. Uh, and thank you guys for being part of this podcast. This is really long form <laughs> version of this podcast. And, and, and uh, I, I'm, I'm very happy to, to hear this experience uh, so much. So thank you guys for being on the podcast. So the last two questions, I'm going to give this to Jeffrey. Uh, first question, uh, what does the future hold for you? <laughs> what, are, what are some of the things that you're going to look into in your career? Uh, hopefully, uh, get another certification. Maybe. What kind of certification would you be looking for? Or what I'm are you eyeballing sure. right now? Probably, uh, I'm not sure, honestly. Okay. There's a lot. But, but a certification's on your horizon, right? Yeah. Okay. And then what else? Uh, getting a car. <laughs> <laughs> or well, for sure i'm for sure you're gonna yeah. you're gonna do great so then then, then the certification and then the car and then yeah. you're good okay. right you're easy going man <laughs> in your 20s you only need your car that's <laughs> right that's all you need for now and then and then because the thing is that you're 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 in it so young so like you know whatever yeah. you can do now i mean it's great i mean you have the sky's the limit um so drisa what does the future hold for you of course, to, to get, you know, more kids certified, um, get them in uh, health informatics, just get the whole, get, you know, because that's that's what I do um, at the school. I'm, I'm looking forward to having Jeffrey come back as a, a guest speaker. And he knows I've always talked about that. When you go out and get that job, come back and be a guest speaker. Um, and at this point, now that I've got, you know, one kid certified, I look I look forward to certifying kids more um, and, and let them know that it goes beyond just being certified. You can get degrees in this. You can get a, a, a bachelor's degree. You can get a master's degree. You can even be the doctor of health informatics. Like, yeah. So this was the career that wasn't talked about a lot. And sometimes we're still not talked about a lot. But I love health informatics. I eat, sleep, and, and dream billing and coding. So my goal now is just, again, to get another kid certified and another kid on the path to their career journey. So yeah. that's, what I, that's what I do. I change lives, and I'm, I love it. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, so I like how you mentioned informatics. Uh so Jeffrey, the sky's the limit on informatics. And the last the last speaker that I had uh, was a director of data science. And so what you're gonna do with all of these codes, all of these, all of the data that you're gonna be handling, um, the the one advice that I'm gonna give you is look at the trend, follow the trend of data. What does it look like? How do you interpret it? So. Uh, if you're going to move up into the world, get your in, get your in health informatics degree, bachelor's, master's, whatever, or even be a doctor. Could you imagine? There's not that many doctors who know how to code. I mean, hello. That right now in in clinical documentation integrity, there's such a need for physician advisors to you know to to bridge the gap between medical building and coding to physicians and their documentation. So that right now is such a big, 
such a big need right now, but there's not enough because a lot of the doctors, because what happens is that the doctors are retiring later on. You know, they're in their they're in the latter part of their their career journey and they're about to retire. So could you imagine a young doctor as yourself with the knowledge of what Drisa has given you and you're teaching to other physicians who are totally lost in the documentation? Uh, I see such great potential in that. So uh, kudos to you, man. The sky's the limit. Uh, okay. So my, my last final question, um, I'm going to go back to Dresa. Uh, what best words of advice could you give to our audience? And I'm going to give it off to Jeffrey. The best uh, advice I could give is to stay focused. Um, don't give up. I see a lot of people giving up because they didn't pass the test the first time. Or they give up because they feel like, don't, don't give up. Stay focused. And don't be afraid to start at the bottom and move up. People want to go straight to coding, which is great, but that it's a little harder. So be be willing to take a medical records position. Be willing to just get your foot in the door and start somewhere, because I guarantee you this is where you're going to go. You stay with this, this is where you're going to go with it. Nowhere but up. So just stay focused, stay with it, and don't give up. And Jeffrey, uh, <laughs> I'm going to end it off with you. Uh you so the uh, what's the best words of advice you can give before you can answer that i'm just letting you know you're going to be giving this advice to potential people your age you're giving this advice as a 19 year old to people who are who are just starting their 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 career in this field you are giving advice to people who are already in this career already uh coming from a 19 year old certified, got a job right off the bat. So what's your best words of advice? One step at a time. You know, uh, anyone who has given up will never know just how close they were to winning the game. Uh, yeah. Keep your head up. Don't look back. Keep going forward. So there you have it. That is my episode with Drisa and Jeffrey. Thank you guys for being part of the podcast. You can check out Drisa on LinkedIn and you can check out the health science program at the Houston Independent School District by going to HoustonISD.org.